It was one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. In 2017, Karen and I were doing some work in Southeast Asia. We'd spoken for HR Asia in Singapore and then had gone to Thailand. And we were in Cambodia at that point, and we had spoken to some hospitality groups. And if you're familiar with our Winning Wells initiative, we were visiting some of the clean water wells that uh, we've built in celebration with so many of our clients. And one afternoon, we decided, the group that we were with, we were all going to take some time off and do an ATV tour through parts of rural Cambodia. So we set out in groups of four. There were three of us along with a guide from the company in each of these groups. And I was the last vehicle in the last group. Well, about 20 minutes into our ride, the woman who was riding in front of me, our friend Alex, she overcorrected a turn and her ATV flipped. In slow motion, I watched it roll, tossing her like a rag doll until it came to a stop, right side up on top of her. And it was easily one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. It's just ingrained in my memory. And I was the only one who saw the accident. The other two riders in our group, Karen and our guide, they couldn't hear me. I was honking and shouting, trying to get their attention, but those ATV engines are so loud, over the noise of the engines, they couldn't hear it. And as they receded off into the distance, I was looking at Alex pinned under her ATV, unsure how badly she was injured. And it was one of those times I cannot tell you how alone I felt. She desperately needed help, and all she had was me. I don't speak the language. I was in the countryside without a clue how to get back to town. I didn't know where we were. And I had a backpack with a light first aid kit, like cuts, scrapes, that kind of thing. And I remember thinking, it's just me. All right, well, let's get to it. I went over and lifted the ATV off of her. And it's one of those things I don't think you can do without a ton of adrenaline. But in that moment, it was there. Got the ATV off of her, started evaluating her injuries, and tried to keep her conscious, which was a losing effort. And thankfully, there weren't any compound fractures. And her neck and spine seemed to be good. But she had a nasty wound on her chin. And it was bleeding quite a bit. It was at that point, probably in response to my honking and shouting, that several local people had come out to see what was going on. I remember one man in particular. He had deeply tanned leathery skin and only two teeth remained in his mouth. And none of the people who were coming out from the countryside spoke English. But they were talking among themselves and they sent someone off to call for help. And by this time, our guide and Karen had realized that Alex and I were no longer with them and they had turned around and come back. So after a quick conference, the guide realized that Alex needed to get to the hospital. I mean, it was pretty obvious. So he got on his ATV. Karen and the villagers lifted the now unconscious Alex onto the ATV and put her directly behind our guide. The guide then told Karen to hop on the ATV behind the two of them. So you've got the guide the unconscious Alex, and then Karen, all on the same ATV. Then the man with the two teeth wrapped Karen's arms around our friend and made her hold on to the front of the guide. And then one of the women in the group clarified what was happening for Karen and told her, you go hospital. 
And with that, the guide took off, driving his ATV cross-country over fields with our injured friend sandwiched between him and Karen. And I was left to watch over my ATV, Karen's, and the one that had crashed. So I gathered up Karen's purse and our friend's cell phone, and I messaged our group to let them know what had happened. In the meantime, Karen, holding on to Alex, transferred to a tuk-tuk, and they sped to the hospital. And as Karen and I talked afterwards, she shared how during that drive to the hospital, as she tried to revive and keep Alex conscious, she had experienced a similar sense to what I had, that sense of being alone. What should I do? Am I enough in this situation? She felt alone. I had felt alone. And yet, I wasn't. Not really. In just a few moments, there were villagers. A few moments more, and there was my partner and sweetheart, ready to do what I couldn't do, which was fit as the third person on the back of an ATV, and then advocate for Alex with the doctors at the hospital. And as I've had time to reflect on what happened that afternoon and evening, I'm so touched at the way people came together to help one person. You know, as a leader, it's easy to feel alone. It's a cliche. It's lonely at the top. Leadership's a lonely business. And that can be true if you let it be true. It is true that you shouldn't be confiding all of your problems and challenges that you're facing in different situations. You shouldn't confide all of that in your team. They need your leadership. And they may not be able to relate to those problems in some ways, and it can undermine your credibility. That doesn't mean don't be transparent. It doesn't mean don't share the challenges and the problems that they can have good input into. But there are many issues you're just not going to be able to talk to them about. And so there's a natural way in which leadership can be lonely. Again, if you let it. What happened that night reminded me that in the craziness that the world throws at us, it is easy to feel alone, but there are so many moments of connection and kindness and human decency every day if we'll look for them and that we can contribute to them. And so if, as a leader, you're feeling alone, know that you're enough. If you're having those same feelings that Karen and I did, what should I do? Am I enough in this situation? Yes, you are. But please honk the horn and call for help. Those villagers might never have come out and helped if I hadn't honked the horn and yelled. As a leader, how do you do that? Well, connect with other leaders inside your organization, outside your organization. Take advantage of opportunities like this podcast. You have a question, you're not alone. I would love to answer your question. You can always send those to me. Uh, You can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. There's a big orange button you'll see. You can record a question there. You can also nominate a leader or a manager in your life that you'd like to feature in a future episode. Or you can email me, david.die at letsgrowleaders.com. And I'd love to feature a question of yours in a future episode. So maybe it's connecting with other leaders in your life, in your organization or other organizations. Maybe you can be the one to start that kind of group. You know, we're all in a remote environment for the most part right now. And even if you're not, everybody else is. So the opportunity to form online communities is huge. You don't have to be alone. And sometimes just getting someone else's perspective and knowing that other people are facing the same challenges you are is all it takes. 
So a footnote on what happened. Alex didn't escape unscathed. She ended up with a broken jaw. She had to have a couple different surgeries and multiple stitches and so on. But she has healed up very well. And given the severity of the accident, we're so grateful that it wasn't worse. And she's doing fantastic today. So I want you to know that it all worked out okay in the end. She's all right. And we know we're not alone. You're not alone. You are enough. Honk and holler when you need a hand. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.